Welcome back everyone to First Year's Table Talks with Leslie Mendes. February, we know, is an important month because we celebrate Black History Month. And this episode will be dedicated to all of our Black and African American students, faculty, and staff at Arkansas Tech University. On today's episode, we will have a panel of students who will talk about their experiences of being Black and or African American at Arkansas Tech. As we all know, Arkansas Tech is a predominantly white institution, which is a PWI. To begin with, we can go around the table and allow you all to introduce yourselves. <clears throat> hey, my name is Jace Kennedy. Uh, I'm from Fayetteville, Arkansas, and my classification is a sophomore. What's up? My name is Devion Smith. Uh, I'm from Dallas. My classification is a senior. My name is Tendai, and I'm from Zimbabwe, and I'm a junior. My name is Ajay Lee. I'm from El Dorado, and I'm a sophomore. All right. So let's begin. The first question is, why did you all decide to attend a PWI over an HBCU? And for those that don't know what HBCU is, it's Historically Black College University. Uh, the HBCU I wanted to go to was really far, and the PWI was closer and cheaper. So that's why I ended up here. Uh, the HBCU I was supposed to go to didn't offer a lot of money for scholarships, so just came to Arkansas Tech since they offered the most money for football. I personally didn't know about HBCUs because, like, I'm not from here. So I only found out about them when I came here. It was, like, a little bit too late. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, me personally, I just didn't really care for HBCU. Um <clears throat> so what have been your experiences attending Tech? Uh, my experience has been pretty good. I would say uh, a lot of self-learning about myself and then learning about different types of people from different places and stuff like that. So I feel like, that's, I feel like that sums up a lot of my experiences, if that makes sense. A lot of learning uh, experiences, dealing with different people um, from different places and different colors and all sorts of things like that. <laughs> I'm gonna say, mom, like it's been like a roller coaster because uh, uh, at first it was good, but now it's kind of like been going down here because uh, I don't know. I feel like it's the professors, man. They 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 see me as this. Oh, he's a jock, like he's just a black athlete. So, but I mean, it is what it is. Mine's been interesting. So, like my first year and a half here. I was like, okay, like everything is fine, you know, getting to know everybody, like different culture and everything. And then like, after like my third semester, I started noticing things. Like you start noticing the microaggressions. You start noticing how people say things. Like people just don't ask you questions just for the sake of like, you know, getting information. But it's kind of like to put you down, especially cause I'm African. So like people are like, you know, think, whatever they think of African. So like I started noticing that and kind of, I don't know, just changed my perspective of just like being at a PWI really. Um, I can add on to what uh, Tendai said. It's just like that. Um, I haven't really just tested the waters here. Nobody has tested my waters, but um, so far so good. But I can most definitely peep out some of what Tendai just said. Okay, so going along with what you said, how do you think people perceive you on campus, like students, professors, faculty, and staff, just anybody, just because of who you are? Uh, I can say 
the way we dress and the way we act. I mean, we not really as I say like we don't dress like everybody else because you know we have our own culture and all that. But uh, I can say yeah, professors look down on you. I can say students as well. Depending on the type of student, like if they was around black people in their high school, then yeah. But if they really wasn't, and you know, it's like their first time actually seeing black people around, you actually seeing a lot of black people, yeah. I can say they're gonna look down because they think we like the ones that's on TV, you know. Mm-hmm. But really, we not like that. Like, we got our own little culture. But yeah, I say they look down on us though. They stereotype us. Yeah, it's yeah. most definitely that. Because I've seen and read about how um, there's. Sometimes you're not black enough because they're saying if you're like um, a person who articulate their words correctly, they'd be uh, like, oh, they're not black enough. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. I think every race has a stereotype because, I mean, for us, it's like, oh, I'm Hispanic. So they'd be like, oh, she's illegal. Just things yeah, like that. And, you yeah. know, so like what is supposed like what is a black person? Are they supposed to be what? Like talk hood, hood talk or just hood. the way you dress, yeah. you, you know? And that's what people see. Like when they see a person like a person of color, they'd be like. And also on that, I've had like several people like have a conversation with me and be like, wow, your English is so good. Like, what? What did what you say? Like, what what like? Like, yeah. And they'll be like, oh, you don't have an accent. Like, what do you want me to sound like? Not, not all Africans sound the same. And like, we speak different languages. So like people not expecting me to be able to speak English is kind of offensive. Because yeah. it's like, yeah. what do you expect? And what do we exactly think about like where I come from? Um, I would say with my experience and the image I built with people in terms of professors or people in like upper management, um, I think they look at me as like one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. And so now I become a representative for every black person on campus. The token black person. Yeah. So yeah. Not, not even just that I'm a token, but of course that I'm a token, but it's just like, oh, I'm smart and I'm articulate. So now I'm so, uh, all of a sudden put in the role of someone who represents all the black students like so now when they wonder what black students think they ask me mm-hmm. like that's the person like I'm the person in the room they ask and so I, I worked really hard to keep not keep an image but have present myself as someone who's honest first instead of trying to be something to gain something yeah thanks, thanks. and so that's why I feel like I've been I mean I'd say trusted to be in rooms with people talking about certain things thanks. So, do you think your experience would be, would have been different if you attended in the HBCU? Oh yes, I say yeah because <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I want to be a Q dog, mm-hmm. and we don't have the proper Q dogs that you know. Mm-hmm. It just is not given. So, at HBCU, yeah, yeah, it would have been a lot different. Yeah, life would most definitely be different for me. Um, up here there's like yeah you have like your sororities but they're not let's say black sororities so it's like how do I fit in you know I wouldn't fit in with those girls and it's like there's nothing up here for us yes we have one sorority but where's the rest you know so I feel like at HBCU there's more opportunities for us to get into stuff because mostly when black students go to school they're coming up here to pledge or want to get into something and it's not really as much to get into so yeah yeah i think my mental health would have been way better if i gone to an hbcu because like like i was saying like after my first three semesters it was kind of weird for me like it was like wow it's really like this here 
And I feel like if I was like around a lot more like black people, I'd have felt a lot more comfortable considering like I grew up like around black people like completely. So, um, so my experience may be different from the three three. So I grew up where there was like a little bit of black people, a little bit of or like, a lot of Hispanics, and then like a little bit of Islander people, and then a lot of white people. And so I never, I've never really been around like a whole community of black people. Like I remember went to Pine Bluff and I saw so many black people in Walmart, and I was like, bro, there's so many black people. <laughs> uh, and I was like, this is so cool. Like I wish I was, like grew up in this. So I think my experience would be totally different, and I think it would have been like a huge culture shock because I've never been like a stereotypical quote unquote black kid. I guess around a bunch of black people, I've always been the token black kid. So I think my experience would have been totally different because I wouldn't have been so different but then i would have been different if that makes sense yeah Yeah. so i I don't know but i want to go back to what you said about your third semester but i feel like because i feel like that same thing happened to me to where you become so much more aware of like the power structures Mm -hmm. and especially like pwis and it's like so eye-opening because you had the like my first year was really good i had a lot of fun and so then i my second year, I'm trying to like speak up and be involved in a lot of things and like once you do that especially as a, a black person you like can see like all the stuff that they kind of like put behind them so that you don't see at first glance your first year and so i think that was interesting that you said that and have y'all experienced culture shock just coming to school and y'all are from different places and then coming to tech in russellville um are you Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely experienced experience culture shock because I'm from North Arkansas, so it's not really that southern. Because I like, you know, I, I grew up in Fayetteville, where I'm in U of A, so like a lot of it's like progressive. And so to come here, which is, it's not south here either, but like it's a little way more southern. So to be around southern black people, it was a bit of a culture shock because they're like looking at me like like I'm uppity. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm not as uppity as I come off as, but. Yeah, it was it was a culture shock to be like around people from like Louisiana and mm. Texas and stuff like that because I'd never been around those sort of black people before. Uh, I think I've been close, like yeah, I think so because I'm from the south and when I come up here and I see a lot of northerners and I'm like, you know, I say a little slang and they're like, "What are you saying?" I'm like, <laughs> um, "I'm saying what you're saying, just in different wording." You know, and they're like, "No, you're not." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I'll just be quiet." You know, it's like, so it's like, do you want to? It's like, do you want me to be quiet? I can't say anything because you know I don't want to come off like, quote unquote, ghetto. You know, yeah. and that's not what I'm coming mm-hmm. off as. That's just how I was raised, mm-hmm. and it's just you know my way, but. Yeah, I, I, most I, could, I could really piggyback on that because uh, I got a lot of northern friends and they like, they say you all and we say y'all. <laughs> yeah. so it's, like, it's really like, man, what? We don't say this. You spilling out you all, bro. We saying y'all, bro. It's, it's just a short way, but yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of southern slang is like shortening of words. So yeah. we'll say like four words that mean like a bunch of things and they'll kind of just look at you like, what is that? <laughs> and it's like, well, I said the same thing. I just didn't say it. I didn't take that much time to say the same things that or say the same me. words. That was me. The language was like, it was an adjustment because I noticed like there's um, AAV. I had to get used to that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like how white people like speak. I was completely different. And then... My biggest culture shock was really just from like adjusting from being like a majority in the majority to being in the minority. That was my mm, biggest yes. culture shock. Like, yeah. I was like, wow, I'm the only black person in this class. 
I'm the only POC. Like, it was just, I was just like, wow. Like, you become so much aware of, like, the color of your skin. That's something I had never thought about before. Another thing would be, like, dressing. Like, um, you can see a typical white girl with a sweatshirt and shorts and boots or tennis shoes. Then your black girl comes out and they're like, what does she have on? Like, why is she dressed like that? And you're like... She can do it, but I can't. Yeah, and it's like, true. you're ratchet. I'm ratchet, but she's not. Like, that's yeah. cute to y'all for her to wear that, but I can't. So that's another shocking thing. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Okay. Um, and are y'all involved in any organizations? I'm involved um, in African American Student Association as the president. I'm also involved in Latin X student organization. And I'm involved in a leadership uh, minor on campus. I'm involved in uh, football. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm part of um, the African American Student Association. Um, I'm just a part of um, <laughs> the first gen organization and uh, Trio SSS. So yeah, that's it. Okay, so why I asked this is because. As you know, we attend a PWUI, and majority of the organizations you see, all of the students are white. So is it a thing that why you're not involved? So you say you just have football, right? I, okay, I see it like, I would be involved in it, but I don't know how, I don't know how to get into it. Like, I mean, time with football, it take up a lot of time, but <clears throat> with, I don't know if we'll have time for that. Like, I don't know, but I just never thought to get into it. Yeah. A lot of it's just showing up. Just showing up. Yeah, just coming to the events. It's not like some some events will have like you put your name and your like email or phone number and they send you notifications about stuff. Yeah. So a lot of it's just going to the events, which can kind of be scary at first because like you, if you like you say you've never been in stuff mm-hmm. and then you just show up to stuff and be kind of nervous to just be there. But I would say a lot of organizations, especially mine, because you're after student association, we want you to just come to the meetings and talk to us and come support things and promote things like that. Right, next meeting, I'll come. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, because, you know, like, me and Jace always have this conversation about how we want other people of color to join because I feel like, I mean, when I came, I didn't see anybody, right? And it's just because of the person who I am. I'm just like, well, I want to get involved. But, like, I felt intimidated because it's like, I'm the only person of yeah. color. And it's like, my opinion might not be valid to them because it's like, oh, who is this? little freshman hispanic girl talking to us you know and it's just like and plus like coming to school like i didn't have like i didn't make i mean i only met like three people from the rock but then i i started knowing people i was like oh so you're from here and there and so like and then it's just different because some people don't want to get involved and it's just like well i do want to get involved and it's just I just would want other people of color to get involved and like seeing another person because me and Jace are involved in the same thing. We'd be happy <laughs> seeing each other because we're like, okay, we're together now. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a good one because we get to say what we want to say. But like, it's just hard because, you know, only two people can't do so much. Mm-hmm. And we do have a large, well, not a large population of how we want to have like a whole bunch of minorities, but it's just kind of like sad to see that no one wants to get involved and we're just like well what's the issue so that's why i'm asking so like what makes y'all not want to get involved uh time so time uh i work night shift at the hospital 
I come to school, I be tired, and I go straight to class. Like, as soon as I'm getting off, I'm working 6 to 6. I go straight to class at 8. I don't get through the classes till 12.20. After that, I'm asleep for the rest of the day. So I'd say for me, time. Um, I don't want to join something and, you know, not be there. And y'all be like, well, she's just in here and she don't even come. So I would say time. It's time for me. I think for me, it's just the fear of being rejected. Like, that's why I kind of, like, steer away from, like, certain leadership positions. Because, like, I feel like, like, we know. It's like an unspoken thing that there's, like, a cap of, like, the number of POC they're going to give leadership mm, positions yeah. to. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be like in the position where I apply for something and I get rejected because I'm black. Mm. See? That's just it for me. Well, yeah, and I think that like that idea goes back to why minority student organizations like ASA and LSO are so important because mm-hmm. we're not going to reject you for being black. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing is that, kind of like what you said, Leslie, well, two things. Um, also being involved, like, kind of like what you said, because I feel like me and Leslie have both been in rooms where we didn't feel like we were allowed to speak. Even if we technically were, like legally we, were, we could speak, but we just didn't feel welcome to speak. And so that's why another reason minority student organizations are a big deal. And then the second thing would be that I think everyone has this idea of, oh, there's nothing black on campus. And so then every, if every black person thinks that, then no black person ever does anything, even though there's... 400 black people on campus or say 200 black people on campus so every you know if one of four every black person is only willing to do so much and then you know that's only one fourth of the whole black population that's actually doing something which makes it even harder to actually bring things on campus for black people yeah 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 so that goes to my next question which is do you feel underrepresented at tech and if so what are some things that you would like to see or change around Okay, technically, tech, they they try to push us out there like, you know, y'all are important too. Y'all are here. We see y'all. Okay, but do y'all really hear us? You see us, but do you hear us? Um, so it's like a lot of things I would want. I would want them to listen. I feel like they don't listen. It's more of them seeing what can they do for us and not listening to what we need. They're giving us what they want to give us mm-hmm. and not what we need or what we want. So I would want them to hear us out instead of just giving us what they think we need or want. And I think they give themselves too much credit for hearing when they do. So it's like, okay, well, we listen to you, and then nothing happens after that. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, we had a good conversation. Nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> and so now we're just sitting here looking at each other while I'm talking and complaining and nothing's happening. I just feel like I don't I don't want to say we're not represented and I don't want to say that there's not we're underrepresented there's not enough of us or whatever I think and because I feel like that language minimizes the presence on campus and I feel like the university doesn't do it enough to promote these minority groups in the sense that we don't even realize like to each other that we're that many yeah yeah so that's what, I, that's what I don't like. I feel like we're very, uh, I don't know, I can't think of the word right now, but we don't have a lot of confidence as a group. Mm. And so we're all just trying to get it by ourselves. But, when, you know, if everyone's trying to get it by themselves, no one even turns to look to the left or the right to see, like, okay, now there, there are people on campus that look like me. We just have to get together. But the campus, is, I don't, I don't want to say, I can't say that they don't want us to get together, but they don't help us to get together. Yeah. They don't help groups that are trying to get together. 
they don't, you know, they make it difficult for, just in my experience as a minority student organization leader, they make it a little bit more difficult for us to get certain privileges that other organizations have that are just easy for them. Yeah. So that's what I would say. So on the last episode, I had a student, and he was black, and he talked about um, his mental state at being here. And he talked about, like, um, you know, summer of 2020, whole Black Lives Movement um, going on. And he was just like, I felt like they didn't support he said that so he didn't feel like the school was supporting him because he was like what is an email going to do you know so like I just wanted to ask y'all like how did y'all feel because I feel like I can't you know I'm not in that position because I don't know like I didn't grow, I didn't grow up being black because I'm Hispanic even though sometimes like I mean yes we're people of color and we're minorities but we have the same it's like the same culture but it's not it's different right because my parents didn't teach me certain things that y'all know and then you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it's just like what can others do to like support people or like like as well as the school because like you know like what is an email gonna do and that makes sense um i wasn't here because I, I came in fall 2020 so i won't speak on summer 2020 and never saw my smash so y'all too. <laughs> y'all good. Uh, I'm gonna say really, yeah. The school didn't support us at all. I mean, I'm not too big on like going to go protest and stuff because I feel like every time I do stuff like that, something always happened to me. Like out of everybody, it's gonna happen to me. But uh, I could say one thing: our coaches were supportive though, because they was like. Uh, they were saying, and you know, they all, you know, it's a whole crew, white men, you know, but they was like, yeah, I understand y'all, like, got to you know, rights and stuff like that. And then he was saying, like, just be safe. That's all he wanted. He just, he don't want to have that one phone call where, you know, a player dies or something like that. But he was just like, just be safe. And that's one thing, that's why I respect them, because it's like, yeah, they really yeah, got our back. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, yeah, I don't think the school really supported us like that. So you, so y'all think it's just certain people that just makes you like, this is the person. I just wish more people were like you. you. So like your coaches, you you expect like your professors to be like yeah. them. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Because I feel like, you know, one person can't do everything, and one person might want to change everything. Like you know, we have DDI, um, we have Dr. Brooks, which helps us a lot. But you know, she's one person, mm-hmm. and I feel like since what Jay says, it's like a good. 400 500 of minorities here and i feel like you know one person can do everything so if we were all to get together do something it would you know instead of them listening to us and seeing that there's a whole bunch of group it's not we're not coming off as like do something it's like we want y'all to do something yeah Yeah. and i feel like it would be nice to see like other departments like besides ddi besides the organizations like asa and lso supporting like the minority organizations because you don't really ever see that like you don't see them trying to collaborate an event or like trying to sponsor you know anything like um the organizations are trying to do so that kind of like gives out the message that they don't care like they just like okay y'all have it do it do whatever you know you want like but we're just gonna be quiet about like so Mm -hmm. And then y'all two mentioned um, this could be like something that 
could bring that to tech is like bringing the the black fraternities and sororities oh yeah yes yes i say because uh when we first got here like my freshman year my freshman year uh fall 2018 that's when i thought like this campus actually like it was a lot of black people like a lot and yeah, that's we, what everyone said. That's what it was says. like it was a lot, and it was just like the people that was there was fun. So I'm thinking like, dang, and then that's when like the white people really like kind of they kind of mess with us type stuff. Like, <laughs> they really like was they'll go to the parties with us and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, like the Greek life, it was fun and stuff like that. We didn't have campus, and we didn't have you know iotas. Iotas ugly anyway. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than that. <laughs> But yeah, uh, we had Q's and Alphas. That was the main ones. But after that year, I'd say it went downhill. And like now, you don't see them on campus at all. Like, I don't think nobody came offline or anything like that. But they don't push it either. So, you know, they don't. So, so I talked to Dr. Lasher Scott, who is, when this is an ASA meeting we had, like just last night. So it's funny to talk about this. Um, so she is over the black faculty and staff organization on campus and she was talking about basically the same thing like there's like this golden age of black people at tech where there was black events every day and like how they were really incorporated on campus kind of like what you're basically you're describing mm-hmm. but basically because someone at the meeting was talking about the same thing and basically she was saying like you have to we have to congregate first and bring them here like we as black people have to bring, make them want to come here because they don't want to come here and then no one's interested to join because of dues or there's not enough support, or et cetera. Mm. So to fix that issue, we would have to kind of do things together like by ourselves before we get to fraternity and sororities. And once they see that like movement of people, black people coming out to different events and signing up for stuff and you know, that sort of thing. So a fundraiser supporting each other then they'll come to the campus and then it'll just add on. But we can't expect them to come to the campus and solve the issue for us. Facts. Yeah, and that, that's one thing too. That's, uh, even with the Greek life and stuff like that, I feel like with people are strolling and stuff like that, man, it's only gonna be the black people that see us. I'm thinking like, yeah, I want white people to see us too, but you know, they're gonna yeah. look at us weird. They're gonna look at us like, what are they doing? doing? <laughs> so, I'm just playing music. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing or trying to join in. Yeah. Right, right. You you can't break the line. You trying to join and do it. (laughs) But yeah, that's how I feel like. Yeah. What are some tips, like advice, you would give to other students that are that will be coming to PWS? Man, be yourself. Like that's the most like cliche, corny line you can give anybody for advice. But honestly, be yourself and don't be scared to be black. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I mean by it. Like, don't, don't, don't be don't, scared to be black. Don't change the way you look. Like I'm talking about clothing and stuff yeah. like that. Like how you use the dress. Don't change none of that. Just be you. Cause I mean, they gonna have to accept you for you. And you can't conform to them. Like stuff, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, yeah, like, don't be scared to be heard too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing. Cause in class. I mean, in high school, I used to talk a lot, but now I don't even talk in play. I'm the only black dude. I'm not. I don't. I feel like I don't. Yeah. I, don't, mm-hmm. I can't conversate with them, so I don't say nothing. For me, it would be um, make sure you find friends that are of the same race as you. I'm not saying don't be friends with like with other people Definitely. outside of your race, but yeah. you really do need that support system because like you kind of all are going through the same thing. 
and it's really nice having like people to talk to about that stuff because that's something I didn't have like my freshman year and I feel like that really like contributed to like me like having a lot going on because I couldn't really talk to many people about it and my friends that I did tell like they didn't understand it and some of the microaggressions were coming from them mm-hmm. so like it's important that you do find like a good like support system that can relate to you so a piggyback off that if you're at a PWI don't expect anybody to understand being black if they're not, not black. black yeah because you're just gonna hurt your feelings mm-hmm. when they look at you crazy or they don't relate to you or they simply may not care sometimes because they're not black and they don't understand it and that's not necessarily their fault but don't expect that from anybody to just empathize with you because you're black you should be grateful for when it happens but if it doesn't you shouldn't be like shocked Especially if you're from a place where there's a bunch of black people. I'm a man. Story time. Story time. Man, <laughs> it's it was. I was in orientation class, man, and uh, I think it was like principles of success, and like it was the first. I want to say the second class. It was the second because I seen a girl the first time. It was the second time. Man, she must have. She sat behind me, and this one I kind of had. I kind of had like dreads a little bit. The girl kind of like twisted my hair like she kind of felt it but it was a weird i was like what are you doing <laughs> i turned around i thought she was being funny like i thought we was being cool she was like looking confused she was like i've never touched a hair before like i've never touched a black person hair before oh and then come to find out like you know i kind of was like i played it off and stuff like that i wasn't mad or anything but i had got cool with her and stuff i just wanted to see where she was from and she said she was from uh, Harrison. She was from Harrison. <laughs> so I'm thinking, like, I didn't know anything about Harrison, none of that. Like, I didn't know anything about it. Man, I didn't know that black people were not allowed to go to Harrison. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was like, that's why she did that. She never seen black people before. Like, she never seen black people. But, she, but now, oh. <laughs> but now, I think she got, like, a black boyfriend. So it's kind of it's kind of weird now. Like she kind of like. <laughs> I knew she was from Harrison before you said she. Was. <laughs> okay. Before you finish, I was like, you can say Harrison, and you, you said it, and I was like, yeah, because yeah. it's like a mentality they have that we're not people. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't bother them to touch a person's hair because to them it's like petting a dog. Yeah. You don't ask a dog, can you pet the dog? You just pet the dog. That's how they see people. Yeah. Oh, don't. Don't touch a black woman's hair. I hate that. Oh, I've had that happen to me. Uh, uh, so my hair is naturally curly, and I wear a fro sometimes, or I wear my hair in a bun, and the curls will pop out, and the girls will come up and be like, your hair is so pretty, and they go out to touch. And I'm jerking back like, no, don't touch my hair. And they're like, well, it's pretty, but you didn't ask to touch my hair. Don't even ask to do that. It's like, like he said, you don't ask to pet a dog. You just pet it. So. Yeah, subjectification. Because why do you need to touch someone else's hair? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I've heard that argument is just hair. I'm like, mm-hmm. no. So if, it's you, if it's just hair, why you got to touch you. it? Exactly. Right. I feel like hair, it could be your identity. Yeah. You can have ways. And be a completely different person if you had dreads. So mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. But. And I think that's a part of black culture people don't understand. Like, when you come from a race of people who literally had their whole identity stripped from them, 
everything we do is rebuilding that identity mm -hmm. the yeah. way we wear our hair the way we say things the way we greet each other these are all things we are rebuilding from our culture because it was stripped away okay. this was actually a conversation i was having with dean remember i was telling <laughs> uh, you about yeah. cornrows so like yeah. it's just a random thing but like cornrows like you know they originated kind of like in africa and they like the different styles you had um kind of symbolize your tribe your age like your um marital status whatever like it was just mm -hmm. like symbolic of your identity and then when like people came here like when we were brought here like our heads were shaved so you couldn't tell who was part of what tribe who came from where and then when we started rebuilding that and like bringing that back um they used cornrows to like put in like in the cornrows they put like seeds and like yeah. for like food so that like when the slaves escaped like that food and also like they used them to like create maps yeah. <laughs> and that's stuff like people don't understand when they like when we are so like sensitive about our hair because there's like so much significance behind it and like significance behind like the hairstyles we have they're not just protective but like they're also symbolic that's so many people don't understand yeah wow. see i i didn't know that but yeah but you know how uh <laughs> when we were talking i'll tell you about the dude on my team he was like, uh, he wanted to get some cornrows for Halloween. He was like, no, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, that why she won't do it? That whole night, I was like, why won't she do her like, like, do his hair? Like, I mean, it's easy. It's an easy little, little money. But after you explain it, yeah, I understand now. Yeah. What touched me about that one was like, it's a Halloween costume. So our culture is a yeah. Halloween yeah. costume. They're dressing up as us like we're cartoon characters like we're fictional and we're like real right. like yes. i'm right here like how could you be so disrespectful to me right yeah. in my face and then i didn't i didn't see it like that that's crazy because yeah. like, now that i'm i'm actually like listening and stuff like the dude his whole costume he had goals he had tattoo on his face like you know draw it on mm -hmm. he had uh he was i remember that day he was sagging because i seen him when he was uh <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking like man why he looking like this like i'm thinking like he's trying to be like a rapper <laughs> but dang he really trying to be like a black uh, dude well yeah cultural stereotype. appropriation yeah. Stereotype. that's what it is yeah and that's another thing that people don't understand like like you said don't change how you dress and people like like people have that perspective okay so black people wear gold chains gold teeth sag <laughs> and they want to act like that for halloween and it's like what you doing right. this ain't a costume right. <laughs> every day like right. people really be with that every day i think it's funny how if a white man does that it'll say it's not halloween that's say like a white man grew up in the hood around black people that's how he dresses that's how he talks whatever let's say that he was socialized as a black person even though he's white because mm -hmm. i've met white people like that he's not ever going to be looked at as dangerous for doing those things Facts. never Facts. but if d does it Facts. they're gonna have their phone like here because it'll be like Facts. you know ready to call, <laughs> ready to call the police you know yeah or if i do it they're gonna think i'm dumb yeah. but if a white man does it they just they're gonna think less of him mm -hmm. but they're not gonna dehumanize him mm -mm. that's so sad and that's what I don't like about it. Because it's like, you're doing it for fun. We do it because it's our culture. And that's how we show we're proud of ourselves. Because that's just how we are. Yeah. And it's just different from white people. Because you don't have to tell everyone how proud you are. Because you're white. You know, we already know that. 
but as a black person, I kind of have to prove that I'm, you know, something. Something. The fact that I have to prove that I'm something in the first place, it shows how different it is. Yeah. And then one thing, I hate when they be trying to say our word, you know, our word. So it's like, dang, you can say our word, but I ain't, I'm not messing with it. Like, that ain't, that ain't something you need to be saying, but they always say that, uh, my best friend's black or Ooh, be like, I have a black friend, so I'm not I got racist. A, yeah, yeah, so I'm not racist. So, or they'll be like, he gave me the card so I can say it. The Bro. black card. Yeah, the and black that, card. What, what is that? What black card are you talking about? <laughs> I don't even have a black card. What are you talking <laughs> about? Right. A card? What you talking about? But yeah, but yeah, even though I don't, I don't like them saying that word, though. Nah, they can't say it. I've been in situations where people have been trying to pressure me to like be comfortable with them saying the same word yeah because another black person said they didn't care that they said it and because they said it they said it was fine i should be fine with it too mm-hmm. but i'm like no like no this has been like situations it's, like that it's another like problem you have your mixed kids okay I know you got to go with this. I know yeah, where you're going and with it's this. like I have I have a friend that has a friend, and she's mixed. And one day we were talking, and she's talking about her black boyfriend, and she said his dark skin exes, they didn't do this and that and that. And I'm like, what do you mean his dark skin exes? She's like, well, you know I'm light skin, and I'm like, where are you going with this? <laughs> and she's like, I was like. Why you just didn't say his ex-girlfriends? Why did you have to put a color on it? And she's like, well, it's not it's not like that. But I said, but you're making it like right, that. You're right, making right. me feel offended because yeah. I'm darker than you. So when you say dark skin, his other, what, what? how do they act? How did they act? You know what I'm saying? Like, do I act like them or something? And it's like, when she says the word, it kind of throws me because it's like, you, the way what she told us. Yeah, like, when you say that word, are you coming off as offensive or are you coming off like as a friend like how we really be meaning it like right. I don't know well just to go back to she's mixed a lot of mixed white people I have a sociological theory about white moms this is off topic about white moms <laughs> mixed kids with white moms be the first ones to like turn a black back on black people mm-hmm. yeah or let their white friends say the n-word mm-hmm or yeah. let some something slide, and that's like, that's her background. It's a and white so, mom. Every every time it's a mixed yeah. person that's it's, letting something go like that, I bet you a hundred dollars it's a white. They got a white mom. And I feel like when she's around her other friends, they're white. And I'm like, I'm betting, I'm like betting money, like I know they're in a room saying this, this, yeah, and he, yeah, and that, and I'm like, I can't fool with her, you know. I can't do 